You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. select Zach Wilson, quarterback, BYU. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, at WillPaw11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Joined by a special guest today, second time on the show, resident uh, Zach Wilson fan. No, I'm just kidding. Mike Giardi <laughs> of NFL Network. Mike, how are we doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I know uh, you followed Zach's workout plan this offseason. Um, no, he, fo- he followed my workout. He followed, you, he followed yeah. yours, and Bob Glauber couldn't, couldn't, couldn't hold up. So, um, no, I'm just kidding. But, uh, obviously, you know, we're getting into – we're eight days away from the uh, – you know, we're five, I guess, from the NFL season opening, but eight days away from week one. Last time you we were on, obviously, we was right the night before the draft. We talked a lot about Jermaine Johnson, Sauce Gardner. They end up, obviously, taking both, which was, you know, pretty cool, obviously. Um, overall, kind of – obviously, you've been around the AFC East – you know, a long time, but also specifically this offseason, um, you know, in training camp. What are kind of your biggest takeaways from the AFCs? Because when we talked about it last time, it was post-free agency right before the draft. You know, obviously things have changed a little bit since then. So kind of AFC out, you know, AFC's outlook, like kind of where are you, where are you sitting now, uh, you know, eight days after the season? You know, I think the Bills still, you know, there's nothing that's t- changed for me with the Bills in terms of being the class of the division and, and probably – one or two of the best teams in the conference. Like I still kind of like Kansas city here. Uh, even though I think people are crying about the Tyreek Hill thing, I think they'll figure out a way with Mahomes and that, that really good offensive line. But um, the, the thing that strikes me about Buffalo, if you look at their schedule early and Notre Davis white, now he's going to start at least the first four games on the PUP. And then, you know, who, who knows how quickly he can be ramped up and in game shape and then how quickly he can be ramped up in game shape and be Tredavious white. And if you look at the beginning of their schedule, you know, starting with the Rams on Thursday, there's the game against the Rams. They get the Titans at home, which the Titans passing game is not something to be totally afraid of. But then, you know, Miami with the new look and the speed they have on the outside, they've got the Chiefs in week six, I think, the Packers in week seven, or it's reversed. But regardless, they're playing those teams early. So I think what you see from the Bills here in the first two months of the season, I don't think is what you're going to see at the end. I think they will be a markedly better team at the end of the year, assuming health and assuming Tredavious White gets back. But I think in the beginning parts of the year, they're, they're young at corner. If you're talking about Kair Elam, Christian Benford. Those are two draft picks. Elam, the first rounder, Benford, the sixth. Benford's probably been the better player this summer. And not that Elam hasn't had good moments, but it's been rocky for both of them at times. Dane Jackson, the other outside corner, um, he filled in for White last year when White got hurt. But again, he's nobody's idea of uh, a lockdown corner. So I think based on the schedule and based on that, I think you're going to see some growing pains. And like 
I wouldn't be surprised out of those first seven games if they're four and three and people will be like, oh my God, everybody picked the Bills and the Bills, I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> you know, from their perspective, assuming that they get bodies back healthy and they keep their quarterback healthy. I think the other thing when I look at the Bills is the two skill guys they got in the draft, James Cook in the second round, Khalil Shakur in the fifth, both have made an impact this summer. Um, you know, Zach Moss is sort of back to being the guy they thought they drafted. So I don't know how much Cook plays early on, but he moves differently than any back they have. And I think he'll play a, a good role before the season's over. And Shakir, they're just finding ways to get him on the field. And he may be their fourth or fifth receiver, but that's a pretty good problem to have, I think, because of the summer that he's had. So nothing has really changed for me with them. Patriots been an abomination offensively the entire summer. Um, we keep getting told, you know, it's the process and, you know, we're not results driven right now. It's only about the process. And then you have Belichick say, which he said before about like, well, we consider September sort of an extension of training camp and you don't really know what team you are until October. But then if you look at their schedule, if they play the way they have this summer in the first month of the season, the best they're going to be is one and three, and they could be 0 and four at Miami, at Pittsburgh, Baltimore at home at Green Bay. Not easy at all. You know, Pittsburgh's probably the one game you'd circle and say that's probably if you're if you're even remotely close to yourself with their situation at quarterback. But then I look at it and say Pittsburgh's offense has had a better summer than yours. Your offense has. So, you know, maybe that way of looking at it is is just from the past of me. And, I, you know, I've got to see it in the in the present. So they have been a mess. Miami's happy as all get out. Camp Kumbaya, I keep saying they're thrilled to have McDaniel as their head coach. Uh, it's a far cry from where they were with Flores and sort of the uh, the pins and needles that he had everybody on, not just players, but coaches as well. Um, you know, McDaniel's sort of the complete opposite. You know, now does this turn into a um, Pete Carroll after Bill Parcells in New England situation? Or is this like, no, this guy's a real coach and he's ready to do it right now? We'll find out because their, their first month schedule is worse than the Patriots and they could be 0-4. Um, if you just look at it that way. So, um, yeah, I just, those three teams, I think are sort of slotted where I thought they were. I think it's Buffalo. I think it's Miami. I think it's the Patriots. And then I think it's the Jets. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. We can, everyone kind of talks about the Jets schedule to start the year. And I actually, part of me thinks the schedule, if you look quarterback wise, they play two really good quarterbacks. They play two teams with probably the two worst starting. Well, two of the four worst starting, I mean, the problem is the Jets might have one of the worst starting <laughs> quarterbacks as well. Um, we don't know, but at least there's optimism around a guy like Zach, or even for argument's sake, a Kenny Pickett when the Jets play them week four. You know, the Jets are playing Jacoby Brissett week two. The Ravens have a ton of injuries. You look at, no one's really talking about this. Like, their starting center, their best defensive tackle, their both starting corners are coming off season-ending injuries. Like, their starting running backs hurt. Lamar coming off and you know essentially basically didn't play the second half of the year um and when he did it wasn't very good so there's a lot like a lot to unpack but from the bills perspective i agree with you i think there are certain teams where you just get in the dance with them and like they're a team where it's like i think you're see tampa bay will see the injuries might end up being too much offensively but like they're another team where it's like if they get in the playoffs i don't want to see brady i don't want to see josh allen um new england's really weird because like people still have this impression that like there Brady's going to walk through that door and like Mac might be a really nice player. He was, he was a really solid player last year. Yep. Obviously he was the best of the rookie quarterbacks, but like, is he so good that he's going to be that Patrick Mahomes level where he can like overcome 
bad stuff. Like I love Cole Strange. I've had Cole Strange on this show. It's like he's a great guy, but you know, they they took a guard with their first round pick and they've missed on a lot of draft picks. So that'll be an interesting one. I also just think that no one's talking about how Josh McDaniels is a really damn good offensive coordinator and he was for a really long time. There was stability there. Um, and then you said mentioned Miami. Miami is really weird for me because I think they're one of those rosters where they almost resemble the worst version of San Francisco in terms of like such a top heavy yes. names, but like they get Teron Armstead gets hurt. That offensive line is still a disaster, right? Like Xavier Howard gets hurt. Okay. Byron Jones is out for the first four weeks at least. Now they're really young. Like Noah, whatever his name, I can't pronounce the last name. But yeah. Like, he's, and yeah. he's not even like, he's not starting. Yeah. Keon Crossan is ahead of him. And Keon Crossan was a, I think a seventh round pick by the Patriots and, you know, five years ago and has bounced around the league. So yeah, that, that looks like a swing and miss for Miami from that perspective. Yeah. I just, you know, I, I don't know, like Tua gets hurt, which he does has every year. And like, you just don't, I don't know. I just, as much as I'm excited about Mike McDaniel, I felt the same way about Salah last year. And I felt like there was a huge adjustment period. I mean, I know we've talked about it a little bit and I've heard it from a lot of people that like, the first half of the year last year wasn't great. I mean, they got steamrolled and no showed a couple of times, especially the Denver game was really concerning. And then obviously the New England game, like if that happens this year, this there's going to be a huge issue. So yeah. um, are you like, how, what do the Jets have to do, I guess, to try to elevate themselves to second? Because everyone's got a tough start to the year. So is it like, can they just survive in the beginning of the year? You think that's their best path to, kind of taking that real jump not winning another game winning five games it doesn't yeah I mean they can't they can't find themselves and when you look at that schedule you know especially when we did it a month or two ago you're like ooh, that's like a they could be one and eight and still be much improved from the year before I mean let's be real you can't go one and eight it just I mean that, that derails everything uh has guys questioning the direction of the program again even if you're seeing gains they want to see results you know I, I I'll just with the Patriots offense this summer, you, there's a question of buy-in because we keep running these plays and we keep not having success, but coach tells me it's going to be fine, but it hasn't been fine. I, I Eventually as a player, you need to see, Hey, hope that thing we were working on for five months, it worked, you know, or, Hey, it would have worked if that one guy, just that one guy had made that block. Okay. But we're, so we're right there. Like we can see it coming. Um, and I think for the jets, it's gotta be like, they can't be they they can't go in that big of a hole. They can't be losing close games. They've got to find a way to manufacture some W's early, and I think build up their confidence and say, hey, like we are on the right track here. I would say, in looking at them, and you look across the league, you know the Harold Landry loss for the Titans with the torn ACL. That's massive. Um, there's been a couple other across the league where you say, oh, that's that's a tough loss to have in the preseason. But I look at what happened to the Jets and I say, worst case scenario, two of the biggest question marks, but yet two potential building blocks in Mekhi Becton and Zach Wilson go down in camp. And you lose Becton for the year, obviously. And Zach, you know, seems to be progressing at a nice level. And maybe you don't have him for week one. Maybe you do. I don't know. But but you're going to have him here in September at some point, barring a setback. But I say that's so many lost reps for Zach and and you and I were texting off, you know, talking offline. And there was that week to 10 days prior to the first preseason game where I was hearing it. You saw it. You were hearing it. Like he feels like he turned a corner. Yeah. Yeah, It feels like like it's all everything that they taught him and the way they sort of not stripped down the offense, but tried to explain it to him. Like, Hey, there may be a million plays, but they're only about 10 concepts. You know, we're just running it from different ways that, 
it was all making sense to him and to lose out on those reps this summer, um, you know, to be dealing with another injury, you know, know, it's already a couple now early in his career. That's tough. You know, he needs, he needs the reps, whether he was going to play a lot in preseason games or not. I don't know. I'm just saying like he, just the practice reps, just in general, the more he plays, the more comfortable he was getting. And I would have liked to have seen that translate. And obviously for Becton, you know, they had all those picks. We debated the idea of them taking a tackle. Could you trust him? Um, and, you know, I, I wonder about the, the load that he's carried at times on his body, if that contributes to what happened, because I know he was obviously in better shape. But, you know, if you balloon to over 400 pounds, 420 pounds, whatever it is in the offseason, your body's just not meant to take that. And I, I wonder if that played some sort of role in, in where we are now. But so those are two massive pieces for me that, you know, I wanted to see Zach develop with Garrett. I want, you know, I wanted to see Zach and, and Elijah Moore sort of take the next step together. Like these are things that we didn't get to see because of the injury. And I, and I wonder, and I guess I would worry about how that impacts the start of the season, which as we've just gone over, it's not easy. Yeah. It's interesting. There's a couple of things. I think the Becton stuff, look, the fact that they were able to get Dwayne Brown, who, by the way, for someone that's 37, looks like a professional UFC fighter. That dude is huge. <laughs> um, and I know the back half of last year, you know, um, you know, he started to really like play like Dwayne Brown. I know at the beginning of the year, he was not very good. And I thought people were probably like, eh, this might be the end. And yeah, he kind of stepped it up. Um, the Becton thing is tough, but the problem is like, at least for me personally, I just like, was he going to play 17 games? Maybe. Sure. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't think that's, that's to me is not the biggest issue. The biggest issue is now like, can George Fampy like solid at right tackle? Cause he was not very good at right tackle two years ago. Um, but the interior of that offensive line is going to be where they move people. And I guess from a Zach perspective, it's like, there's two things. I think losing out of the practice reps, especially the joint practice reps. I think every single coach you talk to around the league cares way more about joint practices than they do fans hate them. And I know players don't really like them. Cause it's like, there's just, or the veterans don't like it because it's just constant brawls and, and the whole thing. But yeah, there's a lawlessness. There's, to a, it there's sure. a lawlessness to it. But at the same time, it's guys actually playing full speed where in the preseason, it's a lot of like trying not to get hurt and trying to get through the, especially, you know, if you're CJ Mosey, like what is the preseason doing for you? Literally nothing, right? Like it doesn't, it doesn't move the needle. Um, so him losing out on those reps, I also do think weirdly, I wonder if this almost helped Zach in the long run where there was so much hype and anticipation going into that first preseason game where like, now it's not a built-in excuse. I'm not giving the excuse, but people are going to go, Oh, he's coming off the injury. He missed out on camp. Like if he starts slow, like, you know, whatever he's missed out on reps where like maybe he starts fast now that like when Zach feels like when he relaxes and he's confident, he looks the part it's yep. when he's pressing and you can tell he's pressing and the New England game, the first one, like, it's literally what happened to a T of like, he's pressing, he wants to do well. And then it just collapses. And then when the pressure is off, you know, and that I know that no one cares about the end of that Patriots game, but like he actually made some throws that like, I'm not sure 10 quarterbacks in the league could make those. So um, we'll see the, I guess you were down in Baltimore. You were, you saw, you know, them in camp, I guess we'll kind of transition a little bit to week one. The Ravens for me are interesting, right? Again, um, a lot of injuries, a lot of guys coming off injury team that, even without injury underachieved last year, I'd say, but now, and they're very mixed around the league. People think they're Super Bowl favorites and people think they could finish third or fourth in a division. Well, probably third because Deshaun obviously not playing. Yeah. Uh, maybe they're behind, you know, Cincinnati, maybe Cleveland. So where are you kind of at with Baltimore? I know they're well coached. I know they've formed MVP at quarterback. 
But again, there's a lot of question marks, a lot of new pieces, new defensive coordinator. Where are you at kind of with Baltimore as a whole? Yeah, I think I think they're a team that to the to the Belichick, like ah, we'll continue as September as a an extension of the preseason. To me, that makes sense for them because I think there's enough talent there. But to your point, with all the injuries that they've had or guys coming off of injury, like it's it's probably gonna take a little bit while a while for you know Marcus Peters to look like Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey to look like Marlon Humphrey. Um you know, Linderbaum just came back about a week ago. So, you know, how, how quickly can he get back up to speed and, and anchor the, that offensive line from the middle? Because they were obviously very pleased with him to start the year. I just think, I think Lamar is poised for a monster year. Uh, I don't think the contract stuff, I mean, yeah, I think he wants his contract. I think it probably bothers him, but I don't think he's thinking about that. I think this is the classic, I'm going to bet on myself. Um, this is what I want. And I'm going to go prove to you why, I deserve it. He's a little bit bigger. He looks a little stronger. Um, the ball comes out of his hands so easy. Like he was flicking the ball when I was there. It was just like barely any effort to put the ball 50 yards down the field and put it where he wanted to. I think a lot of people point to their wide receiver position and say, you know, they didn't get better. They didn't draft anybody. They lose Hollywood Brown. They love Bateman. I think Bateman's going to be a stud for them. And I think this kid, Isaiah Likely, there's, you know, second tight end, their move tight end out of Coastal Carolina. I think he has the potential to be awesome for them. Now, look, he's Andrews is going to get 140 targets. Bateman's probably going to get 100 plus targets. But this kid could end up when all said and done being third on their targeted list. He's a he's kind of a matchup nightmare. And, you know, started in the spring. He was making a play a day in the spring and then it went to training camp. And guess what? He was making a play a day in training camp. And then he got to the games out, oh, catches a touchdown here. He's like the progression has been outstanding. There hasn't been that, oh my God, like it's too much for him. Nope. It's just, he has moved along like he's been in the league for a while. So I think that's the way they want to run their offense. They want to go through the two tight ends. And so they actually have three of them, <laughs> you know? So I think they're in a good place there. It's to me, it's about the corners. So if those, like, we know what Peters is, he's a gambler, but he, you know, he'll turn you over. He'll make some plays. Um, if he and Humphrey are back, to the pro bowl level that they've been at before. I think Humphrey's one of the best corners in the league when he's, when he's right. Um, then yeah, they could be playing in late January or February. Like I think they, they do have that capability. Uh, the other area I would say they're a little lean in terms of their edge guys. And there's been some injuries there this summer. Um, so that's a position to watch. I kind of was wondering if they might do something here around the cutdown day to make something happen. But I guess for now they're going to live with what they have. But um, yeah, I think that's a that's a pretty good football team. Yeah, the the thing what you know, I also look at their linebacker, and I think you know, and we'll get into this in a second. But where the Jets can take advantage is like the Jets have a lot of guys that could open against man. Now this is the first time I could say that in a very long time. If you look at the Jets' numbers against man, you know, when they had Sam, and even last year, like they're just they've been terrible against man coverage. But pretty much everyone other than Corey, like Tyler Conklin and Patrick Queen in coverage is a huge like point the Jets are going to hammer home it's you know Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore and Braxton Berrios eat man coverage alive and the Ravens you saw you know the Giants obviously running the same scheme um you know you saw in the in that last preseason game you know while the starters didn't really have a lot of success it was like the first time they played together and I'm not really worried about it but where they had success was these guys get open against man coverage and make people miss and they're going to have to do that like you're going to have to you watch the way the Bengals torched the Ravens last year because the Ravens brought pressure and Joe Burrow stood in there, took a hit and found guys that are wide open. Tyler Boyd absolutely abused Patrick Queen in coverage last year. And 
He scored a bunch. CJ Uzama, for that matter, who's not very fast, um, was able to do similar things. The other thing, I only thing I worry about with the Ravens is like everyone, and you mentioned it, worrying about the receivers. I'm not worried about the Ravens receivers because that's not the way this offense is built. The off, the only thing that worries me is can Lamar get back to a little bit more of what he was two years ago, where last year it felt like he was pressing a lot of like trying to show everyone, like yeah. I can throw into triple coverage and like that Browns game, like that stuff doesn't need to, you don't need to do that, you know? And I know there was injuries and I, again, there's a million things that go on, but um, the other one big miss, I, I don't know if he's going to play. I assume not is Travis Jones was having an awesome camp and I don't know if he'll play, uh, but that's a huge win for the Jets if he's not able to play because that's a strength for the Jets and Clay Campbell's still a really good player, but he is 37 years old. And like, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit to get ramped up. Um, and kind of in that point, where do you see, like, if the Jets keep it close and obviously they got to keep it, you know, close early, because if you fall behind, it's going to be, it could get ugly. Where do you think they could take advantage a little bit? And, you know, it's week one, crazy stuff happens. They're at home. It's 9-11, the whole thing. But schematically, I guess, or just matchups wise, do you see anything that Jets could take advantage of to keep themselves in the game in the fourth quarter and, you know, anything happens? Well, I think if you're the Jets, for starters, you feel good about your corners versus their receivers. You know, like their outside guys are, are Prochet or and Duvernay on the inside. Like, I think you have to feel good about that, which clearly last year <laughs> you weren't feeling good about it. Um I think it's, you know, and we talked about this, I think the last time, you know, Robert's a defensive coach and his defense wasn't very good last year. Now, some of that clearly was personnel driven, hence the two corners for starters, right? Like, let's, let's go get guys that allow us to play the way Robert wants us to play. Um, so I think there's a little bit of an unknown, though, in the system, like how they're going to work. And I think that plays a little bit to the Jets advantage, because I think sauce is awesome. <laughs> and I, I thought he's had, you know, talk to anybody. He's had an awesome camp. Um, You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. So I don't think there's any, it wouldn't surprise me if he had a Patrick Sertan type impact this season. I think he's Quite frankly, I thought he was better coming out than Sertan was. And we know what Sertan yeah, did too. last year and the way people talk about Sertan now. It's a, he's already a top five corner, which you could clearly make that argument based on how he played last year. I think Sauce has the capability to jump right in. 
and do that. So just a, the overall talent upgrade and maybe what some of the stuff they're able to do with that, I think is clearly should make the defense better. He's got a ton of bodies to rotate on the, uh, on the defensive line, which is we know he likes to do, keep guys fresh. And I think that there are a bunch of really good players there that can get after the quarterback, that can play the run a little bit. So I think that's a good part of it. I, to me, offensively, you know, if it's Joe at quarterback, I want to be able to run the ball. I don't think they ran the ball very well here. I, I, Brees Hall it hasn't, you know, he was like the, the rocket ship favorite to be the offensive rookie of the year. I think those numbers have sort of backed off. I, I, I'd like to see more there from that group. I'd like to control the clock a little bit against them. Um, and to your point, can you, can you take advantage of their linebackers or some of their underneath guys in coverage and you have the people to do it? Um, now, that's not necessarily the way Joe plays. That might be more the way Zach plays. So, you know, can, can they kind of hammer that point home with him? Um, you know, he's been doing this for a long time. I think he kind of does what he wants. Not that, and that's not a, a slight. I think that's <laughs> no, he does. This is, this is who he is. You know, like I, this is how I play, guys. You knew this when you got me. This is the kind of quarterback I am, and this is what I do best. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I think they're going to get great energy. As you mentioned, 9-11, home, like that's that's pretty massive. Uh, and there could be some good juice there in the stadium. And I think, you know, go, again, get off to a fast start. Give them reason to continue to believe like, hey, we have we're not the same old Jets. We've turned the corner here. Um, you know, all these young players that we have, all these pieces that we added, they're good players and we're going to be a good team. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's, it's actually funny. You know, you kind of look, I think it's a great slate in week one across the board. And this is one of the games I'm looking forward to the most because I want to see, you know, Baltimore and how Baltimore goes. I, I think the other thing too, is like to your, to the way Baltimore's played with wink was pressure, 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 right? McDonald grew up under Dean Pease. Pease shows a lot, but they play a lot of coverage behind it. So will there be some confusion there? Like, obviously they're not showing a ton of what they're, they're going to be capable of doing defensively uh, in the preseason. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see how that all plays out for them because I think they built their defense largely to be what Wink wanted them to be. And now this is a little bit of a, of a change of direction. So how quickly do they get the change of direction and, you know, how quickly can the Jets decipher what's, what's happening back there? Yeah, you'll, we'll see that. That's, I guess, the one advantage to having Joe back there is like, <laughs> he's been in the league for 15 years. Like, you know, I mean, he's still obviously the one thing I will say, the only really concerning, I don't, the interception was the other day was like, whatever. It's clearly like, it's just trying to like, but he left a lot of clean pockets and like, that's weird. I don't know if he just was like the preseason. He got like kind of fell in love with running around a little bit in camp and feeling, you know, like he felt younger, right. but like <laughs> you definitely don't need to be doing that. Like that's when Zach leaves a clean pocket. It's not ideal, but like you kind of get it. Cause he's, you know, he wants to be off schedule and all that stuff. I don't need Joe Flacco relieving a pocket ever. Um, like they, there was, they were fine. Like they were protecting fine. There was just no need to do that. Um, yeah, no, I I'm curious too. again, like the jets had the same staff, largely a lot of the same core guys. Obviously they brought back a lot of people. I mean, they brought in a lot of guys, which is great. Um, but does that help them week one? A lot of times you see, you know, you, again, you mentioned new England, Miami, like Buffalo, their schedule's tough, but a lot of the same pieces are there and there's no Dable, but like, you know, it's a lot of, it's the same offense. It's not like it's anything changed where Miami brand new scheme, both sides of the ball. Like is their defense going to falter early on with no Flores or, you know, Baltimore, like 
Kyle Hamilton's a guy that like, I really liked, you know, his tape's really fun, but then like after he tested and then you watch him during camp and like, I, I don't know, like do the Jets try to put him in situations where it's like, it's him one-on-one with Elijah Moore, him one-on-one in the slot with, you know, whoever, and you get him yeah, in a I good be, matchup. I try to torture him. If I'm the floor, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. He's out there. I'm going to go at him and we'll see. We're going to test you right away, kid. Can you, yeah. can you cover not only vertically, but can you cover side to side, probably more to side to side? Can we get you moving and having to change direction? And we do it with our little quick guys and you're six, four, two, whatever. Um, you know, I, I, he's funny. Cause you're right. His tape is fun. He moves better on tape than he did in his times. But then I think if you looked at him during the course of camp and preseason, some of that stuff that showed up in testing it starts, it starts to trickle field. in. Yeah. So that's, a, that's an interesting one. Cause we know the, the, the Ravens have had, uh, they've had a long run of drafting and drafting really well. Um, but I'm curious about that fit and, and if they make that work. Yeah. The, I guess we'll, we'll kind of finish on the last two things. One, this is obviously one of those questions where I, I don't know if there's a right answer. I just, I'm kind of curious where you're, where you're at with this. Obviously everyone does the record predictions. I'm not, you don't have to give a full record prediction, but what's like a successful season for them? Because on the surface, it's Zach's the guy and everything else doesn't matter. But at the same time, if Zach's not the guy and they still win seven games and like the roster looks awesome, it's just, he's the problem. Um, it's still a huge W because then you're kind of what the Browns were in a sense where it's like, we're one piece away. Um, what's the successful season look like for them? Because everyone likes Salah. Everyone likes Douglas. He's made a bunch of moves. They've have a really expensive roster. Now they have a really young roster, although it's skewed a little bit. I know you did some, we're talking about the Patriots roster. The Jets is similar where it's like the average age was like 23. And then Dwayne Brown and Flacco brought it all the way up to like 25. <laughs> um, but what's a successful season? Because obviously I think everyone wants to see this work around the league. Like it's kind of enough already with <laughs> whatever, but yeah. at the same time, do we really know it's going to work? They've won six games the last two years and they haven't won a division game in two and a half, three years. I guess the last one was week 17 that cost them Nick Bosa. I think, right. They beat, or no, no, I'm wrong. They beat Matt Barkley against the bills uh, two years ago. <laughs> Yeah, that's not something that I think you uh, you make banners up or, or parade no, around. No, no, no. To, be um, look, I, I I look at the I look at the schedule and I find it hard to come up with uh, any scenario in which they're a winning, you know, a nine and eight team. Uh, and again, I and you and I have talked about this. I think they've done a phenomenal job this offseason. I think they upgraded the talent on this roster. I like offensively what they're trying to do I think again to go back to how they sort of broke it down for Zach in the offseason I think was really smart and I think we're, they were starting to see some of that pay off before the injury um, <clears throat> so I probably look at it and I would say I wouldn't be shocked if they were a, a six-win team again I think anything above that if they win seven then that's that to me is like a monster success because I think the schedule is that hard but I still tie it back to I still tie it back to Zach. That's the number two pick in the draft. Um, and look, I, we're, we're in, we're at a place now where more and more teams are just, you keep throwing darts, keep throwing darts. But to me, it's one thing to throw darts at quarterbacks in the second, third round, or even in the late first, you know, Kenny Pickett to me, like it's the 20th overall pick. If Kenny Pickett doesn't become a top 15 starter in the league, am I surprised? No, if he does, 
that's ah, a nice hit. Good for them, right? Like, but when you're picking second and there was all those quarterbacks on the board um, and look, all of them aren't going to hit, all of them aren't going to be great, but you zeroed in on this guy and you thought this guy could be special. I think you need him to be special. And I don't know that uh, you can convince ownership if Zach's not the guy, doesn't make the progress this year, that you deserve the right to take the next guy. I think that's a hard sell. Um, and that would be, I think, disappointing because I think Joe, they have a vision in place and I like the vision, but so much of this is tied into the quarterback. Um, so I, I think you need to see legitimate progress from him whenever he gets back on the field, whether that's for week one or week four, or wherever, wherever it comes in, I, you, you need to see it. You need to see and believe that the scouting and all that went into taking him number two was right. And that this guy can be the guy to get us out of this, you know, malaise that they've been in since Rex and, and Mark Sanchez and like Mark, Mark was no great shakes either. Right. But they traded up. They were a defense first team, but they got to two AFC title games. Like I don't think anybody would spit at the idea of getting how getting into the playoffs, Never mind an AFC title game. Um, can he do it? I just think there's just so much on, on Zach and his progress and they've given him every possible thing they could give him aside from a, a you know, aside from a, a building block tackle, right. Because of what's happened with Mackay. Um, but they've given him receivers. They've given him tight ends. They put running backs in place that I think are talented. The interior of that offensive line looks really good to me. Like there's, there's a lot of pieces in place to go play ball kid. And, you know, maybe early on, it's a, uh, continuation of how it was at the end of last year just don't make the bad mistakes you know was it nine touchdowns two picks down the stretch yeah um and then as you get more comfortable and you get your legs underneath you and you realize sort of uh, i can do this and i got guys that can go get make plays for me downfield you start to see more of that and that's how this thing develops um to me that would be an ideal situation for them and again jets fans don't want to go five and 12, six and 11, seven and 10. But I think you'd be a lot more palatable if you did that. And you realize that Zach is the one, you know, I think that changes everything. Like, okay. Like we got a couple more pieces we have to add, but we got the, we got the most important piece and that's the quarterback. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, me and you were sitting at the combine in a year and they have the quarterback and they're one or two pieces away. It's, you know, it's okay. They go make this superstar trade for, the last you know last tackle and the you know the Orlando Brown of two years ago is on the market and whatever and you know that's who they go get right or whoever it may be obviously but um they've got to like they got to win a game in September like I think bare minimum I you said it before you got to get people be like okay I, I'm seeing it like they lose 24 20 to the Ravens week one okay like they just yeah. play, whenever they go win week two like all right, now we're one and one. We've been competitive with two really good rosters. We're coming home for the Bengals, who we beat last year. We're one and one. Like now things start to like trickle in their young team. So all of a sudden, that's what happened with Cincinnati last year. Is like they just started to catch a little bit of momentum. And it's like, all right, we're actually pretty good. And it starts to believe like Zach Taylor was gonna get fired. And the Bengals had just let Carl Lawson go and they signed Trey Hendrickson. And, oh, what a stupid move. And they brought in Eli Apple. I mean, all these and like, oh, okay. They might actually be pretty good. Um, you know, I have to see the other guy. I know we didn't talk about him and we don't, we don't have too much time to do it, but Carl Lawson looks unbelievable. <laughs> like, he looks every bit. I actually think he, like his, his, you know, speed to power is, it's pretty rare. I just, he needs to stay healthy. So at the end of the day, but 
last question for you, because I know there's a lot of, is that going to play week one or not? Am I crazy that they're being really sketchy with what's going on? Like they're like refuse to give a timetable, but like Zach's like looks fine. Then it was like, yeah, if he's practicing this week, he's going to start. And it's like, I don't know if they're trying to play the cat and mouse game of like, oh, we don't want to announce Joe yet. But like everyone was like assuming it was Joe Flacco. And now it's like they just refuse to acknowledge like Zach might not like he could play this week. Um, if he like, is there a chance he just goes out on Monday and is practicing and everyone's like, oh, OK, well, this <laughs> I guess he's playing this week. Yeah, I think there's certainly a chance. I think they learned something after the immediate timetable got slapped on Zach with the knee right away. You know, it was about two to four weeks. And then it was, uh, was kind of like a backtrack. And you know, it was a four to six. It's too well. Too. And I, I think there was some internal, I don't want to say disagreement. Um, I don't think... I don't think people wanted a timetable on it or certain people didn't want a timetable on it because it's not, it's not fair. Everybody heals at a different rate. You know, just in my backyard, Taekwon Thornton fractures his clavicle and I'm talking to someone who he knows and he's like eight-ish. And I was like, what's eight-ish mean? Eight-ish weeks. He's like, well, man, I, I can't like, it could take 10. It could take 11. It could take six. This is the first time with this guy. It's his first time with a broken clavicle. Like, we don't know how fast he's going to heal. We don't know what pain he can play with. We don't know how it's going to restrict him when the ball, you know, when he has to bring his hands over his head or has to lower his shoulder or what all these different things. And so with Zach, I think he's such an important part of the franchise's future. Do you really want to push him out there if he's 85%? Or are you better waiting until he is as close to 100 as you're going to get at any point this season and play Joe for a game or two, if that's the case? Like, I just think there's there's a lot there and there's the market that you're in and the market that Jets are in and the attention on it. You know, if Zach goes out there and he looks slow and disjointed and throws three picks and you get smoked by the Ravens, what's the headline going to say, you know? Yeah. No one cares uh, about the meniscus anymore. Yeah. It, uh, th this was the number two pick in the draft. So, like, I think there has to be, and I think there has been sort of an internal correction on, like, let's just stop with the the noise about when he comes back. He's back when he's back. And you'll know when he's back. He's, yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll see him on the field and you'll see him moving. And then, then, you'll, then you'll have an idea. Yeah. I, I have this weird suspicion. I could be totally wrong. I just – I have a weird suspicion he's going to practice this week. And like, it's just going to, it just, they've had Robert Salas had so many times to be like, yeah, like, look, Zach's like, we don't have a timetable, but like, he's really progressing. And like, we feel good about him practicing in the next couple of weeks. Like there's been nothing like they've even last year when he got hurt, it was like, Oh, you know, he's a week away. And then he just got team. He was like, yeah, he needs four days to practice. And like, we feel good. And I think they know they're tied to him. And like, as your point, yeah, maybe the roster is so good this year that, you know, all these young guys look amazing that they're not, but they, they all came in at the same time. So, well, Zach and Salah and obviously in the floor and things. Yeah. Um, Bill is your Super Bowl pick. Do you know, do you know who you're going to go with yet? I, yeah, I, I, I'm going to stick with the Bills. Although, I, again, I think people are discounting Kansas City a little too much because of the Tyreek Hill thing. And I think they've, I think there's some young players on that team that are going to take a leap. I think their offensive line is going to give Mahomes the kind of protection that, you know, it's scary. You know, he's going to have four plus seconds to, to, to survey the field. Well, with, 
yeah, MVS is not Tyreek Hill, but if you give Mahomes four and a half seconds and with that guy, the way he runs, he's going to get open. Juju is going to get open. Like there's, I just think there's a lot of pieces there. That's going to be a really, uh, a really good team. And I would not write them off as quickly as some others have. I also think that what's going to happen in the AFC West is they're going to beat the hell out of each other. And I think three of those four teams could win the division. I am not a believer in Denver because I am, I am so I'm so out on Denver. I am not a believer in Russell um, at this point. Like you got to show me. It's been almost two years since you've been, you know, the guy that everybody's talking about. That, that Russell, you haven't been that guy for two years. Has, hasn't wanted to run at all for two years, and that's part of what made him special. You know, now well, he doesn't just, throw over the middle of the field. He refuses to do it. So yep. I'm not sure where like this. And their offensive line is not that good. Nope. And they the lose defensive Tim, coach. They lose Tim Patrick, who's a vertical guy for them. So yeah, you still have Sutton, but um, yeah, I, I they're they're. I think actually they could get off to a really bad start, which I think would be very interesting to see how that plays in Denver, considering all they gave up for him and the, and the amount of. Uh, not just capital, but then money that they put in his pocket just now. So, but I think those teams in the West are going to beat the crap out of each other. And I just sort of look at the bills and the, and the, uh, the chiefs and say, I think that's still the, the, the cream of the crop. Yeah. I'm on, I don't know. I, I just go back and forth. Like green Bay's probably got the best defense in football and like they have the MVP. Like, I don't know. Rogers to me is in, in that mode where it's like, he doesn't even need to be that great for them to be a really good football team. Um, I still feel like the Rams are kind of like, why why would they not be better Allen robinson's awesome and like he's yeah. going to be really good for them i just want you know you never were sure with the hangover of the super bowl and they've got a lot of vets um you know they could get off to a slow start i'm on the same page with kansas juju was like a 100 catch receiver and like pittsburgh used him like he was like a weird slow tight end when he's not yeah. um yeah i'm on the same page with buffalo i look at the nfc like if Jalen Hurts is good, Philadelphia's got one of the best rosters in football. Again, I don't know how that's going to gel, though. It's going to take probably a little bit of time. Yep. But that division's very bad, so it yeah, could. Yeah, they, they, uh, they should be able to survive growing pains early because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Dallas Ugly. losing Smith. Like, that's just – there's a there's a whole bunch going on there that they should be fine. It's – it's uh, yeah, it's it'll be fun, though. I think, like, especially with the way the AFC is stacked, like, you could tell me – I don't know, four or five teams that could come out of the AFC. And I believe you, like, I don't think actually people are talking enough about Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati's better than they were last year. Yeah, they invest now, a lot of money. Yeah. Now they, did they get lucky at points last season? Sure. But maybe it was a year early for them. And now they're like, Oh no, no. Now this is the team that we were supposed to be. This is the team that's actually supposed to contend for a Super Bowl. So um, yeah, it's, I, I think this, this, uh, the AFC is going to be nuts all year long and it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the same page as you. I, well, this is a you know, final question. More likely, the Jets make the playoffs. The Jets win eight games. We're not going to make the playoffs. Or the Patriots are picking the top ten. More likely. Patriots picking in the top ten. I was going to say the same thing. Because you never know. The NFL, you could get lucky. I just – the Jets don't split with New England this year. I actually might need to <laughs> made some mental health. Uh, <laughs> it can't happen, but no, obviously appreciate it, you know, hopping on. Um, obviously anyone that's make sure you're following Mike and, you know, all of the work with the NFL network. I think you're, you're going to be Pittsburgh week one. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Yep. Yeah, yep. So that'll be a good one. Hopefully no, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, maybe Pittsburgh will name a starting quarterback before that. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Either way, they're not going to be very good, but <laughs> um, I just, Kenny Pickett, the senior bowl mate gave me such bad, like I can't 
I don't know. I'm never, I'm never gonna be able to overcome watching him just not complete a pass for two <laughs> days straight. Um, no, obviously appreciate hopping on and, um, you know, eight days out next week, we'll have uh, two more episodes, season preview guide coming out tomorrow. So make sure everyone stay tuned.